I'm Sarah DeLauder, and you're listening to the Joyful Grace Podcast. This week, I sat down to chat with our oldest daughter, Hannah, about what it's like to grow in her own relationship with the Lord while facing the pressures of being a teenager in our culture. This is part one of two episodes, and I know what she has to say will embolden you as you follow Christ. Well, hey, we are here today. I've got my daughter, Hannah Marie DeLauder, our hey. oldest. <laughs> And she is 17, and she's joining me today on the podcast, and I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, I've been wanting to have her on since the beginning, since I uh, started this whole new adventure. And, you know, we've talked about when we would do it, how we would do it, what we would talk about, and we kind of have a plan. Yeah. (laughs) She's she's not exactly in on the whole plan. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how things roll around our house, right? I think on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know um, not everybody knows this, but our family travels full-time in ministry prior to the virus, and we go to churches and do concerts and services and events, and we do some community things, and you sing, yes. you play violin, mm-hmm. you do a lot of things, but I am just excited to see how God is using you and what He's doing in your life, and the things that he's using you for in other people's lives to bless them. One of the questions that I thought about when I was planning this was, you're 17. Yes. (laughs) Total new generation coming up here. Yeah. You've been raised in a Christian home, Mm -hmm. uh, Christian parents. I didn't know the Lord. And when I say know the Lord, I mean, I knew about God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Christ when I was super young. And, you know, we've been honored and blessed that you asked Jesus into your heart when you were, I think you were six. Yeah, very young age. (laughs) Yeah. And so you've grown up not just knowing about who Jesus is, but you've grown up knowing Jesus and developing your own relationship with him. And so one of the questions that I thought about was the fact that, you know, I know what it was like for me growing up, not having a in-depth understanding of what it meant to follow Christ. And you've grown up knowing that and understanding that. Um, Maybe not perfectly, because we're not perfect (laughs) parents. We're not perfect people. You're not perfect. No, Um, not by any means. But what is it like at 17, your generation, to be a Christian girl in life right now? Um. I feel like there's two different mindsets on that. There's the mindset that people have that there's there's a certain standard that I feel like I have to live up to to certain, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but like <laughs> certain people on the uh, Christian society that um, you feel like you have to be not necessarily perfect, but you have to, you know, have the right modesty clothes. You have the right, you know, right things to say. You can't say this, you know, and it's not like they're expecting it from you, but you almost feel like there's an obligation there, like a, mm-hmm. like a silent obligation that nobody talks about growing up. Really, it could be it, it could be for anybody, any age, but mostly for people who are kind of entering adulthood or, you know, teenage age. So. Yeah, there's a little bit of a struggle there. But then there's also the mindset. I heard this from a pastor who came to my church one time that said Christians in diapers, basically um, Christians who grew up in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hear that and I think, well, I am technically one of those. (laughs) And um, But there's a lot of worldly people out there who think because of us Christian in diapers per se, um, 
that we don't understand what they're going through or we don't get it. So like when, for instance, I've, I've had plenty of times where I've offered to pray for people and they just, I don't know, they have this thing where they'll look at me and they'll just say things like, you would, you won't understand or you don't get it. Like mm. they're not being cruel, but it, it still affects you. Like anything anybody can say, positive or negative, literally does affect you. So mm-hmm. in a positive or, like I said, negative way. <laughs> so yeah, there's both of those mindsets right there. Well, and that goes back to something that we've drilled into you girls and talked about your entire upbringing is the power of words. Right. Um, but that makes me think about, I've heard a lot of people say, if they're not saved, well, why would I want to follow Jesus? Jesus was perfect. He yeah. he didn't have any of the struggles and the problems that I'm going through because he lived this perfect life. Right, yeah. And he wouldn't get, you know, understand, what I've... Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't understand what I've going through or what I'm struggling with, Mm -hmm. but they don't understand that Jesus came as a human. And so he was facing the same temptations and the same struggles that we did. And then, of course, if they would dive into the word, then they would see where, you know, the enemy tempted Jesus in the wilderness. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. I always think about something that we were talking about earlier. You were saying, you know, a lot of times people, they see you as... Well, you're 17, so you're still kind of a kid. Yes. And then on the flip side, they have this mindset of, well, you're almost an adult. So they put the pressures of, right. what are you going to do? Expectations. Yeah, yeah. What's your life going to be like? What What are your plans? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of those kinds of things. But from the perspective of them looking at you, maybe more from the childlike view, mm-hmm. makes me think of the story of David. God had such an amazing plan for his life for him to slay the giant And yet everybody thought he was too small, too weak, too young. And so it's exciting for me as your mom to see how God's using you um, and to see how God has used you to pray for people, speak amazing things into their life. I love how um, almost your entire life that I can remember since you were little and you started talking, which was pretty young. (laughs) (laughs) But you've always been so complimentary to people like Mm. you love to find something about someone. You know, it could be the person um, at the grocery store checking us out and you you tell them how you love their hair or their (laughs) smile or whatever it is. Or talk about how sweet and kind they are. And I've literally seen how God has used you change the countenance of a person just by allowing God to use you in that way. So I think that's really cool. Thank you. On that note, what does growing in Christ mean to you? You know, we've talked about you grown up in a Christian family, but I've also always had this kind of catchphrase that you have to own your faith. You need to own your relationship with Christ. And so for you personally, what has it been like understanding that you have to be the one to dig into the word. You have to be the one to pray. You have to be the one to take responsibility for your own relationship with God. Yeah. So what is, what is that like for you? So for me growing up, I've always, I'm bragging on you a little bit. I've always had amazing (laughs) parents. (laughs) Um, They've always been very good to give me a, 
example of what the world looks like, but from a Christian perspective. My parents have always had this analogy about like a red and white dog, and the red dog represents the enemy, the devil, things like that, sin. And the white dog represents like God, his spirit, things like that. Positive, Positive versus negative, really. And which one you feed is the one that affects you and your soul. And- well, whichever one, yeah, whichever one you're feeding the most is the one that's going to grow. So if you're feeding your flesh, the red dog is going to be the one to grow. Right. If you're feeding your spirit, the white dog is the one that's going to grow. And so for me, I think about that sometimes knowing that if, if I feed that white dog, my spirit, if I'm feeding it, it's going to cause me to grow, knowing that it's mm. going to cause my faith to grow. For me, my answer would probably be, feeding positivity in myself and those around me and just seeking after God and seeking after um, what I know is going to be good for me, basically. So, Well, and I know you have started, um, I don't even know exactly when you started it, but it was this year and I think it was after the quarantine started with the whole coronavirus thing, but reading through each book of the Bible. Yeah. And... What what has that been like for you? I know you kind of set a goal in mind for yourself, and was it you just got through Samuel recently? Yeah, or? for Samuel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that it's been pretty interesting because you know I'm human like everybody else, so there's days where I'm just <laughs> I'm not feeling it, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna make sure I get this done tomorrow. <laughs> but um, when I do get it done, <laughs> um, it's, it's been really uh, faith building because you see the mm. stories in the Bible of what other people went through along with encouragements from God. So you, you see both. You see what people went through to get to what they needed and wanted. And then God saying, hey, I'm here. Th- see this story. This is what I want for you too. Mm. So things like that. I see that and I'm just like, okay, so I just need to trust. I need to, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, it's really interesting because I, I'm, totally capable of trusting even random strangers but it's hard for me to I think it's hard for anybody really but for me to trust in God not saying that I can't trust in him at all but the fact of losing control and letting him take over like Mm. that type of trust (laughs) so yeah um, but I think that's a good message for absolutely everybody um because our flesh wants to have that control right and then when we relinquish Mm -hmm. and we say Lord you're in control, guide me, direct me, order my steps. It's even more faith building to see when he does that because you see his faithfulness, his goodness. And some people need to understand, I think, I know I'm like a lot of other people out there who think that if you go ahead and say, hey, I I release control, take over, things like that, you're done. You know, you're good. You release it into God's hands. But then eventually you kind of get back into the realization that you kind of took control again because you Mm -hmm. see yourself stressing out over things and and you just notice all of these different little things that you're doing and you're like, oh, wait, I just got back into control again and now everything's ruined. (laughs) But you have to understand the fact that it's not sometimes it can't be a one-time thing you have to choose on a daily basis even sometimes moment to moment what you're going to choose are you going to lose control and let him take over or do you want to keep in control and stress yourself out and you know well and that choosing goes, his plan over your own plan basically right and that goes with the scripture that says um choose this day whom you will serve right and so are you are you serving the lord or are you serving yourself yeah are you serving your flesh serving the enemy 
you know, and sometimes that we, we think we're serving God, but we're reserving certain things for ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and saying, okay, God, you can have control exactly. over all of this. Yes. I got this little bit over here. <laughs> yes. I, I've, I can admit, I will admit it. I've had those moments. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I am the type of person I'm like my dad. I'll say, you know, it was the other day, but it could be weeks <laughs> or months ago. But I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um, I felt like God was telling me, Every moment counts, so what you do with it matters. Mm-hmm. So, like, people people think that they need to wait for something big to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there'll be moments where you're just kind of going through the motions, and you're like, well, I'm just going to wait for this to happen, and then I'll do this. Right. But then sometimes you have to realize that it doesn't matter what moment or what situation you're in. In that moment is when you can do something about it or do something. Okay. So what can you do in those moments when you're not in control, can't do anything about your situation. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I would say worship is kind of a way for me to just de-stress in any situation, really. Mm. But um, And what do you mean by worship? Just listening to worship music? It could be both. It could be just allowing yourself to close your eyes, breathe, and just... Bas- it, it could be really your own way of worship itself, like besides the music, like your own way of worshiping, um, through scripture, through, um, just ha- just prayer. It, you know, worship is, looks different for everybody, right? but, um, my way of worshiping with music is just basically kind of listening to the words, soaking it in. Mm-hmm. And then there's other moments where I feel like I need to proclaim it or else I'm just kind of just listening to it. I'm not accepting it into myself okay. for my situation or for what I need. Um, and then other ways, there's obviously prayer. Prayer is always a good answer to everything. <laughs> um, well, obviously reading the Bible. I mean, right. yes, that's, that's a great way to, um, just kind of de-stress and look to see how other people were able to do things, um, lose control to, and I, I honestly, when I say lose control to me, it sounds a little different, but what I mean by lose control is just letting him take control. Right. So like there's obviously there's a bunch of stories in the Bible about how other people went through, um, tragedy and chaos and, um, victories and loss and everything, but you get to see how other people were able to lean on God for things rather than trying to do it for themselves. And so for me, I'll just close my eyes, kind of get away by myself, um, listen to worship music, um, just kind of decompress and just be like, okay, God, I want you to take over. I don't want to keep in control. I can't, I can't. I mean, the stress the you know, there's so much that happens when you try to keep control of things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so many negative sides of it. And for me, I just, I just have to get away and be like, okay, I'm, I'm releasing this back to you. I can't I can't do anything about it, but I know you can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what we don't think about is the fact that he's already working, but he won't show us his works until he's ready for us to see it. Mm. So like we'll be in the moment where we're, you know, thinking there's nothing going on, there's nothing happening, but in a spiritual realm, he is constantly working on our behalf. Hannah's testimony of learning to own her own faith and pursue her own relationship with the Lord is so relatable for anyone longing to be who the Lord created them to be. When we grow closer to God, it's easy to want to maintain control, 
but also awesome to see His faithfulness as we remember He is always going before us. Make sure to catch part two as Hannah shares more about seeking Him first in a self-driven world. See you next time on the Joyful Grace Podcast. Thank you.